Hey y'all, so I wanted to come on here before we get started. This is my first healing hour conversation and I'm really excited about it. It takes a lot to get someone else on your podcast, although I really find that these conversations are probably the most valuable nuggets that you can give someone because you're hearing a couple of people talk about their experiences and it just flows. And I'm really happy about our conversation because it really reflected what I foresee in our healing conversations. So moving forward, when I have these, you can rest assured that it's going to be with a mom about her personal experience as a mom, about the things that we don't typically talk about, things that um, are shunned or looked down upon, or we kind of act like isn't happening in our mothering community. And there's nothing that we won't talk about. There's nothing that's off limits. The moms that come on here are allowed to be themselves, speak themselves, because I know that although we may have differing opinions, we can all see ourselves in each other. And I really believe in the power of reflection and insight. And so when another mom is talking about her experience, one, oftentimes you may be surprised because a lot of shit that we go through, we think that it's just us. We don't think anybody else has that going on. And that's just simply not the case. We are more alike than we are different. And even in areas that we are different, it doesn't mean that there's right or wrong. It gives us a perspective to think of. Like if you disagree with something that you know I feel strongly about, I can try now that we have this rapport, now that we have this relationship and I see you as a human being and not you know someone out to get me or, oh, that's her over there. We can really just kind of reflect on each other and I can see things or try to see things from your perspective. For me, the biggest insights I've had is listening to other people speak about their experiences and their thoughts about that and how they process things. Um, So these conversations are going to be filled with my mom's personal experience, the things that they've gone through, what has worked, what hasn't. There will be no rhyme or reason. You know, we might start off with one thing and end up with on a whole nother subject because this is a healing conversation. Because speaking things, talking things out, being honest, being vulnerable, tapping into our own inner knowing while we're talking is really part of the healing journey. And not only for ourselves, for the moms that are listening, because the more you hear me speak about, you know, how difficult it was to be a teen mom or having to go to college, excuse me, being in college and having to balance that or even living with my mom through college and how that dynamic worked out or when it, when I got out on my own, what things I went through. Like there's so much that I plan to talk about here and, and talk with, with other moms about their experiences. Sometimes there will be quote unquote experts. So like people who actually get paid for certain subjects. So maybe there's a life coach on here that deals directly with moms of toddlers, or there's a teen coach or a parent coach, or, you know, people who deal with finances, um, any kind of given thing. And then sometimes there's moms who are mom experts, like, hey, I'm here to be vulnerable and share with you my experience. And I really think that's powerful because the more we talk about it, the more we can debunk the shame that's around what we go through as moms, what we experience, what we feel we must just carry alone. And the more we can build community around normalizing the crazy, sometimes fucked up, irritating, um, just exhausting, draining part of motherhood. And of course, there will be beautiful conversations as well. But I feel as though 
People love to talk about those things and there's a time and place, but I want to create a space where we can feel vulnerable and we can be honest and we can just see ourselves in another mother and, you know, feel for her, build with her, support her, receive support. There's just endless amount of opportunities in these conversations. With that being said, if you're a mom and you are comfortable coming on this podcast and having these conversations, feel free to reach out. It's a simple process. Ooh, I need to, I'm, I'm drinking something that's causing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's a simple process. I got a questionnaire just to kind of make sure it's a good fit and to get to know more about you. Um, and we get that shit scheduled. Nobody is off limits. Everybody is important here. Every woman, every mother has something that someone else can benefit from and something that she can heal from while talking about her experience on these conversations. So I'm loving that you're here. I love that you've taken the time out to listen. I know that you could have put your ears anywhere else. Thank you so very much. And please, if you feel called and moved and this served you, share it with another mom. Y'all be blessed. And here we go. Hello and welcome. I'm Regina, your host and mindset coach. This is the Moms Who Achieve podcast, where we discuss motherhood, mindset, money, and everything in between to equip first-generation changemakers with the tools they need to create the lives they want and deserve by managing their minds and taking massive action. I am super ecstatic that you're here, and I'm hopeful that with an open mind, you'll leave with exactly what you came for. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Okay, thank you, Talisa, for coming on here. <clears throat> hey, everybody. So I have, this is actually my first interview. I'm super excited. And I told her before we started, I'm nervous as fuck. So y'all about to just, we about to look this one. <laughs> I just feel like I got to be real about that. Like, but thank you for coming on. She is super brave. Absolutely. When I asked you, you was just like, yeah, absolutely. And these are the things I want to talk about. <laughs> yes, let's do it. So we're here to talk about a few things. Um, I'm going to let... Talisa introduced herself, but I have known her forever. Was it middle school or high school? I feel like we knew each other like in neighborhoods anyway. Right. And, and did we ever go? We went to high school together. Were you always in a different high school and we just knew each other from the streets? <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. Hey, it's been forever. <laughs> what high school did you go to? I went to Warren. Okay, so we, yeah, we were, but I know we seen and each other. And then I went outside. to John Marshall for middle school. Nope, didn't go there. So it must no? have been okay. high school, but I feel like yeah. I met you before then. So anyway, we go way, way back. <laughs> we have similar stories. I'm going to let her introduce herself and you guys will learn about her as we flow through this. But I'm super excited to talk to her because these are what I'm going to call healing hours. We're going to just let the conversation flow, how they flow. Um, but it's going to be about topics that I feel like moms don't necessarily get to hear talked about truthfully and authentically. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Let's get started. So Talisa, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Now I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us what you want us to know. Um, uh, what's been up with you, how many babies you got and why did you say yes to me? Cause I need to know. <laughs> um, I'm Talisa Cuffey. I am a mother of four. Um, their ages are 18, 15, nine and four. And um, I don't know. I'm busy all the time now. It seems like I, I have multiple jobs. Um, I currently am employed with Adidas. 
I work with Cafe and I am um, an aspiring entrepreneur. I feel like I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for a while now and things are just finally shaping up in my life where I'm ready to to do it. Yeah. Cafe. I actually mm. forgot that you were very involved with Cafe. Those listening, Cafe, I can't remember what the C and A is. It Community Action Far East Side? Community Alliance for the Far East Side. I love that place. And I've never actually been involved just by like talking to you and other people and what they're doing here in our city where we grew up on the side of town we grew up on. Um, they're actually on my list of people to get in contact with. So yes, thank you for I'm what you do there. Club. We do great stuff over there. Y'all really do. Y'all really do. <laughs> and I want Ryan to start speaking Spanish, um, start learning that. Yes. And I know y'all have like so many Spanish speaking people there. Yes. So thank you for that. All right. You mentioned entrepreneurship. Let's get into it. Tell me that <laughs> that that made me think about uh, Hershey Me. So let us yes. know, let everyone who doesn't know what it's all about, where it came from and what you are envisioning it to be. Okay, so Hershey Me is um, an idea that I had when I was like 22, 21, but I didn't do anything with it for a while. And then um, I finally got into it about 27. And it was, well, it is an organization that was geared to the empowerment of young ladies. Basically, I just wanted, I was bullied in middle school, um, coming from California, moving to Indiana, I was bullied. And girls were just so mean and so catty and I'm not naturally a mean person so like I I see beauty and everything I see friendship everywhere like I don't meet a stranger and I don't understand why kids nowadays don't they're just not nice I know kids have never been nice but I feel like it's at an all-time high and I know it starts with them having role models and learning those behaviors of being able to communicate and get along with your peers so Hershey Me was geared toward um building strong foundations in young ladies to help them be able to be empowered for themselves, but learn unity within each other as well. Mm, yeah. And so when you, I know this is something you've been working on. I think it's a beautiful idea since you first told me about it. And I love the name because it just, <laughs> it just gives you that like essence, like her, she, me, like we're all, I see unity in that. And I see like, we're not very different. And it kind of brings everybody together. So when you, when these things are, when this is, has flourished into what you envision, what do you, what do you see it being like and in, in doing for the community? Oh, I don't know. You can have anything you want. You don't have to um, worry about how it's going to figure, how it's going to work. I just, I want to be able to have a platform where I can get together, do activities with young ladies, lead them, guide them, um, teach them skills, just a place for mentor mentorship. Um, I feel like that was a big thing for me. I didn't feel like I fit in um, when I was a teen girl. Mm -hmm. I had low self-esteem. I didn't feel like I had someone I could talk to. Of course, you know, you can always go, well, not always. Some girls can't go to their mothers, but yeah. I had a mother who was present, but she was a single mother. And so she was gone all the time. I was the oldest. I was helping my younger siblings. It, it wasn't always, um, I guess, made a space where I could feel like, I don't know, me or, you know, had a, had my own place, I guess. Yeah. And I, I would like to create a safe space for young women to be able to do, have their own space. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what I feel, what I think is powerful in that is like, 
when we do feel like we belong, we do feel like there's a space for us to be ourselves. It gives us time to like really think about what do I like? What do I yeah. want? And create our own boundaries and stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when you're talking about that, as you were talking, I was thinking about like me as a teen and about like, girl, <laughs> kids, listen, right? me doing this podcast with kids, I had to just decide like, y'all gonna hear my kids in the background at some point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you can hear them banging on the window. I was like, oh my God. Not really. I just picked up the energy like, okay, good. Kids. These damn kids. <laughs> okay. I mean, right, it is no what clue. it is, right? So, but I I feel like that's really important because I think back and this, we can kind of segue into this about teen parents and we both were teen moms. And I feel like at least my mom and I'm getting it from you in prior conversations, like they did the best they could with the tools they had. They were out here, single parenting, doing it on their own. They can't keep up everything. Hell, I have a whole husband and I'm struggling, right? So I couldn't imagine like being able to, Try and, and also them having lots that they needed to heal in that conversation really not being had around healing. Right, them not and even realizing like, it. Right, right, because we have such an advantage. It's okay now to talk about. Yeah, I had this and this going on. I'm in my healing journey. That wasn't okay back then. You had to be a strong black woman, strong woman in general. Yeah, can't let nobody know I got these kids. I got it together, and so I just could not imagine raising kids in the era that they were in as regards to mental health. But because of that, I felt like I didn't have a space. It was so much I didn't get. And you can speak to that for you and like how you maybe think that did that play a part in you becoming a teen parent and what that looked like for you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wasn't supported, I guess. I wasn't the pretty girl. You know, I was the oldest. I was the tomboy. I was the responsible one. Mm -hmm. I wasn't never praised on my looks or my appearance or anything like that. So I think once I did start getting that attention as a teenager, it was, you know, it was it felt good. It was intriguing, um, mm-hmm. especially to be receiving it from the opposite sex and not having my father present all the time. Um, so I, I definitely think that helped to play a role in me becoming sexually active and liking that attention. Oh, wow. That's actually a good point because when I think about how I got to be, you know, a teen mom and what that entailed, I really never thought about that, to be honest. Like yeah. what attracted me to just make the decisions that I made, you know, and yeah. what was missing from the household. Wow. That's a that's a deep piece on that because I'm just like processing as you're talking, like, yeah, actually, that probably had a lot to do with it. And for me too, it's like my mom had to be tough for so many reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the love and comfort, or I guess the nurturing wasn't as present as and me and my mom talk about that too. I don't know if that's, that was like a reality for you, but it wasn't present. My mom was very nurturing when she was present, but I mean, she worked all the time. Um, she mm-hmm. ended up getting a really good job at RCI and she was a supervisor. So she would be there long hours. Um, she might leave right before we're getting up ready for school and we may not see her until we're already in bed and she's just coming in to say, hey, good night. You know, it just, it depends. Her, her schedule varied. But I do think, um, I mean, whenever she was around, she was very affectionate. She would hug us, kiss us and things like that. I think as I got older, it kind of got weirder because like, I'm thinking about it right now. I don't know the last time I hugged my mom mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it. And I know that I wasn't the most affectionate with Talia. Talia lacked a lot of the affection portion. And I know that came from me just 
kind of still being in my tomboy energy, I guess. Yeah. I was, I just, yeah. And Talia is your oldest. Yes, Talia is my oldest, 18 year old. Yeah. So is it because, because your mom was, when your mom was present, like she's hugging you, she's, you know, definitely Mm -hmm. nurturing, but the time pieces would, well, she wasn't around. So then it wasn't happening as much as maybe as you needed. Did you feel it weird to be like that towards her? Like, or did you just, because of your age and in your element, didn't see it even as important? Yeah, I, I think at that time, uh, no, I didn't I didn't see it as important. I was growing up, you know, I, my mom, like I said, she when we were younger, she would hold us, kiss us. It was always, she was always loving. So I don't think I really noticed it until I'm older now and I'm looking back on it. I'm like, wow, this really just kind of stopped happening over, you know, time. Yeah. And your youngest is four. So is there a difference in, in how you oh, are? For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. What is that difference <laughs> like? Sure. I'm softer now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more tender. I'm more appreciative, especially with Talia being 18 now and being able to have a grown lady you know, that you birth standing in front of you and now you got this little girl. It's, you're so more cautious of your time and just how short them being an innocent little girl, you know, how precious it is. Yeah, that's true. So it's like you see, how do you see the example? Example, Like you're looking at Talia and you're like, this is, I, you could just see all of your child rearing or raising and her as she's young. Yes. And then it's like a second chance almost like, oh, I remember yes. when she was Absolutely. this young. Yeah. Absolutely. Does she talk about that? Does Talia talk yeah, about Yeah, she, she notices the difference. Um, she says it. Talia is, she's amazing in the amount of grace that she gives me. When I say she is so patient with me, I apologize to her all the time. And she's like, why are you apologizing? Like, you're a, you're a great mom. Like, Aww. I should be sorry. And I'm just like, dude, like, That really makes me emotional. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, um, because yeah. those older ones, man, they just, they go through it with us. They do. They really do. They yeah. really do. I feel like even if you're an adult, your oldest one still gets, like, if you're an adult when you have children, your oldest one still gets the part of you that has no fucking idea what you're doing. And we still, we still don't, but you get better, right? It's your, it's your test child. Like, it's really your trial and error child. (laughs) Telling you. And then spin on that you're a child when you had her. So she even gets more. (laughs) On everything. (laughs) So what do you think was missing? Like, in regards to, I mean, people will be listening that weren't a teen mom, right? Um, Right. What do you think is the biggest difference? We know the age, but like what makes it what you're you have raised children as an adult woman because you have your four, your yes. four year old. What do you feel like is that the biggest missing piece as boom, you had this baby when you were 17? 15. I was 15, 15. when I had Talia. Wow. I turned um, 16 three months after she was born. Wow. OK, yeah. so baby, baby. Right. Like, yes. what do you think? And I know we know like all oh, the brain development and you're a teen yourself, but like the, the intricate pieces of this baby's in front of you at 16 and this baby's in front of you as an adult, like the big difference that you're like, man, that was missing or, or what? I think self-awareness, like being aware of who I am as a person and that it's okay for that to be different day to day or to look different day to day. Um when I had Talia, it was so important to me for nobody to tell me that my mama took care of my child because Ooh. I was a child. Like that, 
I was so prideful about that. Like, ain't nobody going to tell me that she take care of my baby. Like, no. And maybe when I say I'm so thankful for a village <laughs> at 34, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> that's, I'm writing that down because that's a whole series about having kids as a team power pride needing to prove something yes wanting to make your mom proud because she's already embarrassed absolutely absolutely and that was a big thing for me like my mom was a team mom but she was very successful for herself you know um she made a very hard choice when we moved like I said I'm not from here from California We, we moved here she didn't have any family Wow. My my father's side, my dad's side was our family that lived here. And when she chose to stay, like she knew that was like, I'm giving up all my family. Even after they divorced and separated, she chose to stay here because the economy was better. You know, the cost of living was more affordable for a single mother. And she was able to be a lot more successful than she could have or, you know, might have been staying in California. Wow. And I knew you were from Cali, but I didn't know you came so late. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Middle school. I did not know that. Yeah, fifth grade, fifth grade. Wow, that's like a super important time. When I say culture shock, yes, culture shock. shock. Wow. And I used to always, people used to like laugh at me when I say it, but I'd be like, there's like a cloud of childhood trauma over the city of Indianapolis. Like when I moved here, the things that they were talking about in fifth grade and middle school, I was not being exposed to that stuff in California. We were not worried about those things or talking about those things. And I have been training with IYI, um, Indiana Youth Institute, and I have the numbers that actually can statistically break down that, unfortunately, we have a higher rate of neglect, child abuse, youth suicide, and all these different depression, all these different horrible traumas in childhood here in Indiana compared even nationally. They have the the records for nationwide. I didn't know that. And and I also need to look at IYI because I don't think I've heard of them. Yes, Indiana Youth Institute. Um, one of our alumni sisters, um, Heather Savage. I don't know if you know her. I remember her that name. Okay. Um, she is the director over there. So I've been able to be connected through Cafe and Heather and have been available to go to so many great trainings the last two months. I have been flushed with so much knowledge and it's just been an awesome experience. Preparing you for her, she, me, for sure. Like you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like yes. doing the work now. This, this Absolutely. is, this is so awesome, but I'm going to write that down. Cause I got to have you on here to talk about the experience of, I, I want to ask you, but like, I just know it's such a deeper conversation okay. about like, how it is to be a teen mom and what you have to prove. So for you though, just like the the tip of it, when you had your baby, when you're like, no one could say that I didn't take care of my child. Like what came up for you? Like, why were you even thinking about that? And what were you fearful of happening? I don't know. It was, I think it was just because the way my mother is and I know how my mother is it so easily could have became like a Talia, my little sister type situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So your mom was ready <laughs> to like, just do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I would have been a deadbeat mama or a lazy teen parent, she absolutely would have stepped in because that's just, that's the type of mother, type of person she is. But um, 
she also knows me and I am one of those people who learn through tough love. Like I have to learn things firsthand. I'm not going to take your word for it. I have to touch the fire to know it's fire. <laughs> okay, Mario. That's my oldest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, once, once she got here and I like life got real, she was like, no, like this is your baby. You got mm. this and you're going to raise her. And I mean, that was in my mind anyway. So with her reaffirming that, like not letting me have the slack and slacking up, that sold me on it. Like I'm a mother. And that says a lot, excuse me, about you because you had the opportunity to kind of throw parenting to the side in a time where it would have, it's understandable, like 15, 16, you just now getting into like teen years should be fun and doing this and doing that. So that says a lot about you from even back then, your dedication, like for being a mom, Absolutely. because some some teen moms have no choice. Like my mom ain't doing, they can be like, you know, my mom's not doing anything or they didn't have a mom. They had to make it happen, but you were in a safe yeah. space where you could have just been like, oh, it's be fine and did your thing. So kudos to you for that. And thank God, thank God, because I had a C-section with her and I mm. had um, postpartum depression for like the first four or five months. Wow. It was hard for me to even want to hold Talia. It was, it was, it was difficult. And mix that in with being a baby yourself. No, yes. My mind, wow. when I say mental health, honey, it was all over the place. My body, you know, physically, the changes that go on with our body, like to experience that at so young, like it was, it was crazy. I was feeling all kinds of different emotions. Yeah. That reminds me when you said our body. I remember when I had Mario and you do think about that. Um, and yeah. being so young, of course, I snap right back, right? But in my mind, you got all this like belly fat and you're yeah. not used to it. Girl, I'm sitting on the floor doing a million sit ups, he crying, like, hold on, I gotta do this first. <laughs> that day, that brought up a memory. I hadn't even thought about that in a while. But you know, I don't think I've ever heard, and I'm gonna do some research on that. I've never heard anybody talk about postpartum depression in teens that have babies. Yeah, That's I don't think whole... I hear anyone talk about it either. Damn, I don't think I ever, and I, I've, cut, I've shut off a lot of that. I'm still like working on those memories and going through that yeah. process, but I don't, I don't really know if that was something that I really dealt with. So speaking of that, like also being a teen mom, I know what's also popular or what happens oftentimes is you end up also being a single mom. Was that your experience? Oh, my experience was crazy. Oh. <laughs> um. No, it wasn't my experience. Um, I did go through my pregnancy alone, but I started dating. There was a a guy who had wanted to already date me during the time that I was pregnant with Talia. And I was like, dude, like, no, I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, by the time Talia was six months, the dude had won me over and I started dating him. And we had a long, you know, relationship. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There, ooh, just thought about a lot of different memories with that question. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff you probably haven't even thought about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so, they're all good things. And that's beautiful because not many people have that story to be a team mom and also have someone else that is being present and helping. So right. I'm glad that Talia had that experience and you had that support for sure. Absolutely. So when we're talking about you have four children now. You said their ages four, nine, and 15, and then Talia's 18. So yep. tell me about this 18-year-old. Tell me about Ooh. what it's like to have a grown-ass woman as a child. Mm, 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 <laughs> is she really grown, Gina? Is she really right. like 18? Legally, I say. Right? They need let's to say that. <laughs> they, let's We're say that. Legislate it. 
That's um, let's say that <laughs> legally, because Mario now is actually talking about that because he'll be eighteen in, in I don't know he'll be eighteen in February whatever a few months six seven months and um he actually said that he was like can you believe I'm gonna be eighteen I don't really feel like an adult but I can be an adult then you know so he yeah. even knows like. And I think it's even more, teens now are even more aware of like their power or their advantage of being an 18 year old because of social media and all the things that they're exposed to and see. But like, uh, it's so weird. Um, I don't know, this 18 year old woman that I birthed, you know, all these years ago is just so different than what I imagined her to be. And even what I've known her to be up until this point, you know? So it's, it's, I'm in a a transitional period with Talia. Um, she's very much still my baby. I very much still love her, but I really do have to learn. Well, I have learned to um, respect her boundaries and and let her just. She gotta. She gotta. Life is life, and right, like she has to figure out her way through this thing. Yeah. What is your <laughs> biggest fear, though, with her? being an adult and actually being able to make those decisions whether we feel she's ready or not Ooh, ooh. i mean where where do we start she's gorgeous you know she's intelligent she's a fun time there's so many different dangers out here i mean the list where where do you want me to start right (laughs) and and even deeper than that is the fear may be connected at all to how you parented and maybe questioning did you prepare her you know like where is Um, that what's that kind of fear absolutely there's parts of that absolutely um I think for the most part though like these last four or five years for all of us have been so different and so just out of our norm that I have grown to be very blunt with my children especially those oldest two because it just came to a point like Lying to them blinds them from what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And if you, I feel like sugarcoat or spoon feed them what you feel like is safe for them to know, are you really helping them to have the, the full knowledge to, to navigate through the world the way they need to? So on one end, I'm like, yes, I feel like I've equipped her to do great things. And I know she's going to do great things. On the other end, it's like, did I teach her everything that she needs to know? Do we ever like, I mean, we're what 30, we're in our 30s and we're still figuring things out as we go, you know? So to have this 18 year old out here with this limited amount of information that she has and thinking likely she has it all, she knows what she's doing. Of course, you know what 18 year old women think. We are at our prime at 18. We, what? We are grown. But you made a really good point. Is it even possible to equip them with everything they need? And I personally, when I think about that, man, I think that, like you said, we don't know everything. I think that my experience is not their experience. Absolutely not. So me, like, let me tell you all these things. And like you said, you can also get just overwhelmed because I've been through this. Like when Mario, I think we turned 16, 15, I had this time where like I had these lists of all these things. Like we got to talk about this and we got to talk about this. We got to talk about it. And it became like this checklist type shit. And it's like, <laughs> hold on, wait, he's supposed to experience life himself and not through the yeah. lens of me and my experience. So I feel like there's a balance. I'm not sure if I have that balance, but I get exactly what you're talking about, about like 
it's my responsibility to, to equip you, to be honest with you. Like, listen, this and this and this is out there. But then not to, well, not, I guess not to make it to where, make it seem as to where like my truth is yours. Because I want them to yeah. create their own truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a that's a difficult balance, balancing the realities of life. And like you said, Casalia is gorgeous. And in person, I've seen her just a beautiful spirit and thinking about who could and would and wants to take advantage of that. Absolutely. That is scary. Is she prepared? Will she be able to see that for herself? Does she know how to handle it when it does happen? Because they're going right. to try, right? Absolutely. And then also not like bogging them down with that fear so they can experience yeah. life for themselves. It's just a really hard balance. And I don't even know how you know if you have that balance. <laughs> I really don't. So what are conversations with her as a grown woman? Like, are y'all talking about sex? Are y'all, you know, some of parents, um, yeah, some parents like if you did drink and do drugs, whatever with their kids, like you're an adult. Like how does, how is that to parent an adult as a woman? Unfortunately, I feel like my parenting style um, has definitely has a, a dash of nagging. In it. My mom was a nagger. And so like, I I. I know that I have the naggy tone sometimes and I think sometimes they tune me out, but with me being aware of it, I know how to correct myself and come back to the conversation when they are ready to be alert mm -hmm. to what I'm saying. But um, it's just, I mean, talking to her, I, I try to talk to her, not necessarily like she's my friend, but to an extent, yeah, you, you have to give her that, that comfort of knowing that she's in a safe space and can talk to you. Like she, you, you want your children to come to you and confide in you like you are their friend, yeah. especially when they're out here in this world. Yes, you want them to trust friends. you. Yes. You want them to come to you first. You want them to. So, um, just just allowing her to to have somewhere safe to 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 speak to be herself um to tell me her truth to know that i'm going to nag a little bit and i'm i'm going to complain cuz i'm a mama and that's what i do but to know that you you can tell me whatever it is you need to tell me i'm going to have your back yes oh i love that it's so like be there for her <laughs> no hey you this is your choice you do your own thing but i'm here for you like regardless absolutely I sensed a bit of hesitation when you talked about being her friend. <laughs> Let's talk about that because especially in the black culture, um, I ain't your friend and it's, and it continues throughout that. But what yes. are the benefits that you see in actually parenting in a way that, you know what, I am your friend and that authority still can be there while being your friend. Yeah. Um, or do you even is, feel it, that it way? It definitely was. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was hesitation because, I am mixed about it. Like, I want that respect as your mother. You know, I want to be your mother figure. But at what expense? You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, like you said, in our culture, I'm not your friend. Don't talk to me like I'm your friend. I'm your mama. You know, we demand this this, this level of respect from our children, but we don't always give it back to them, you know, and make mm -hmm. them want to respect us. And I feel like in learning more, I already was aware of conscious discipline because at Head Start, that's what we, that's how we, we taught. And you so, were amazing, y'all. She had, thank Cameron you, thank is you. 12 and she had Cameron <laughs> in her um, Head Start class. And for anybody that knows, this is a side note, that when you have to drop your babies off somewhere and mm -hmm. you just don't know what the fuck is going on there, like God has blessed me to have people like you. I remember at the daycare, there was a woman that, oh. Fashika, that I'm like, 
I was able to drop her off at six weeks and know she was fine. Like, so yes. thank you. And everybody else is out here Absolutely. doing this Absolutely. hard work. <laughs> so sorry to cut you off, but I had to say it's that. All right. Yeah. So I you said you knew about uh, the conscious, conscious parenting discipline. from that. Okay. Or discipline, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and so I was already taking like bits and pieces of it home and working with it with the kids. But it wasn't until like probably three years ago that like, full-on conscious parenting really became something that was prominent for me to do and it's been a challenge like especially like we just said in our culture what is acceptable and what's not acceptable people will hear JV and give his opinion back to me in the store when I'm like come on do we need to hurry up don't you want to do? and he's like no I don't feel like doing that and they, they're like oh my god like oh the disrespect like they wait like, and they're like you got to smack him to the ground now right. or you gonna do it when you get outside <laughs> right. like no like I ask the question, you know, kids are, they're going to be honest, if anything else, and you may not like what they have to say, but it's their truth. And why should they be punished for their truth? So it's, and, and, and there's still those times where I'm like, Javier, like, hey, bruh, check your tone, because I'm about this close, like, chill out. <laughs> But, Listen, um, I'm still doing the work. Okay, <laughs> Javian, like, come on, work with no, me. No, for real. Yes, for <laughs> real. And Javian is like my mirror child. If I had to be any of my kids, it would probably be Javian as a child. Like, he's full of energy. His is worse because he's a boy. Um, But, honey, yes, Javian gives me a run for my money. I'll say, do you feel like <laughs> those ones that are closer like you make it more difficult to really step outside of what you've known as a parent and do better? Mm. at times yes it, it, at times absolutely yeah because I, I, I think Jamie about improves, that ooh, we prove every I mean yeah ooh. and it just gets me to that thought when they say like when you're triggered by something it has something to do with you and I'm, you, I'm yes. grasping that I'm yes. learning that and I'm like oh okay I'm seeing it like because stuff don't yeah. get on my nerves that I typically don't do or you know, what have you, because yeah, Cameron's my, like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I, I like a do over. And it's like, I wonder about that. It's like the closer they are yeah. to you, it helps you maybe see things in yourself that you're working on 100%, or, or whatever. A hundred percent. Through, through him, like it is literally healing parts of my inner child, you know, me working with him and doing the work and being aware of what he needs and what he doesn't need. And being able to support him in ways that maybe I wasn't supported. He, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like in second grade, okay. but the medications, one made my hair fall out, one messed with my liver count. And my mom was like, we're done. She just right. gonna have to figure this out and balance Damn. herself out. Um, with boys, ADHD is, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, girls, we sometimes can mask ours better. With boys, it's impulse. They're very impulsive. And my son is a boy's boy in every way of the word. He's rough. He's tough. He's going to climb stuff. ADHD makes you want to climb the walls even more. So mm-hmm. it's like my son has to stay busy. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. has to stay busy. And that, yeah. was, that was me when I was little. If I wasn't busy, I would get into mischief. I would find something to do. Wow. And so you can, what's beautiful about that though, is like, since you've had that diagnosis, you can kind of see around that, you know, you can see through that and have more compassion for him, especially with him having, like you said, being a little bit worse on the spectrum or more difficult to operate in the world of people who want you to be the fuck still, basically. Yes. And and Javian's not like Javian is a CEO of a company. He thinks for himself. (laughs) He is a leader. Kids look like, 
I love the feeling. It feels like Javian is already a celebrity. When we go to football practice and stuff, they're like, that's Javian's mom. And I'm like, hi. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. You mentioned your healing journey. I would love to ask you some questions about that because one thing we talked about when we decided to um, do this, you had mentioned like one of the one of the things you're working through is learning to be present while healing. And I really loved um, how you said that because one, like healing looks different for everybody and, and they do it for different reasons. And, but that piece about also like being present, like what about healing makes it difficult for you to be present in the way you want to for your babies? I've been present for my baby since I was a baby. So like I, uh, and then like, uh, it's, it's, it's a many factors. Okay. Many yes. factors make it hard. Um, I just be wanting a long time. Like, I just want to just, I need silence sometimes. I get overstimulated and I, I didn't realize it. Like, at one point, I feel like I had mastered my ADHD and I had it under control. And then I think with stress and the pandemic and just different factors, it kind of like was re-triggered. And I didn't realize it until I had to go back into the workforce after I had um, Eris. Like, it was hard for me to focus. Like, people mm. are talking to me, and I'm looking at them talking, and I'm not hearing nothing that they're saying. Like, what did, what did you say? Right. <laughs> um, but the hardest part, I think, is giving them their time and being actively a mother, not just coming home and having the routine of, here's dinner, here you go, here's your clothes, get in the bath, your homework's done, cool, let me check it. You know, just being there, actively present with them, because it's so easy to get thrown into, like I said, that that routine of a robot mom, you know, mm. where you're you're doing the same thing every day. You're going to work, you're getting the kids ready for school, you're, you know, cooking dinner, doing laundry, excuse me, doing these things where you're not present. Like you're you're there, but you're not present with them in that moment. Yes, I 100% get what you're saying. I think any mom listening to this is going to say yes, because when I, the more I talk to moms, the more that's a thing. Like, how do I balance me as a woman, as a human being, as a soul, and also be a mom? Because I don't know about you, but the more healing I do, the more I feel is very introspective. Like, mm-hmm. I have to be like inside. I can't be like momming and also like I have not mastered being able to do the two. Yeah. So it's like you have to like schedule this time to heal, which doesn't even make sense. Like we're on an everyday healing journey. So like being able to be healing or doing the healing work and being present for them in the moment that they need. And like you said, we have limited time. They're in school. As they get older, they're doing other things. So your time, at least in my experience, like the older they get, your time just gets cut shorter. Is that like for you too? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just thinking like I try to do like, um what is what do we try to do family meetings or movie time it has never been so hard now <laughs> and I'm like okay because this person's over here this person's over here this guy this this is scheduled for this person oh no they gotta yes. go here it's everybody's starting to be everywhere yes and with my younger yes. two being with me all the time like I get to see the difference like wow yes. I had all those years of them just here and I didn't really yes. realize the benefit. And these kids, like I have to schedule. Hey, y'all check the Google calendar. I would like for us to do, even if it's like a 30 minute emotional intelligence conversation, I got to schedule that shit. Like what the fuck is going on? For real. 
Yeah, so it's Who really are these people hard. listening to help. Yes, and they want to, you know, they got friends and they want, it's like, I, you hear this, but until you experience it, like the older they get, the more they're like, peace out. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people are like, oh yeah, my kids are homebody and stuff, but then I even find those kids like to be alone. They're not necessarily chilling with you, you yep. know, the older they yep. get. So being able to That's balance. Is that JJ? Yep, he's an introvert. He could chill by himself all day. He does not care. Y'all don't have to come in here. I'm good. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. Yes. <laughs> he be chilling. I don't have he's about one. Chilling. So what is the benefit of that? Like, what, what? I don't um, even know what that looks like. Different. I don't have a kid like that yet. <laughs> She's like, what is this? <laughs> it's, it's peaceful. Like, you don't hear from the kids. So, like, I tell him all the time, like, dude, I have to make sure that you still, you still here. You still my son? Like, we good, right? Oh, wow. Because he's just so to himself. And then, um, again, I'm into astrology, but he's a Scorpio male. So, they're okay. already, you know, real guarded with their emotions and how they are anyway. So, like, he's just very to himself. He's very laid back. He's very simple. Um, he'll get up before everybody else on the weekend, make his breakfast. He's like a little old man. Yes, that's what I, I swear. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yes. can I watch him? I just want to see what he does. I just don't know what that's like. <laughs> that's he's, awesome. He's very independent. Yeah. So with your healing, what started you on this? How did you know? You know, I got some healing I need to do. Or have you always known since you've been, you know, had your babies at 15? Oh, no. Um, no, I, I was definitely in denial. I say like, um, maybe aware but didn't want to face it type thing i guess mm. um the pandemic is what really opened my eyes to it like having to sit down with these kids in the house for a while for i don't know how many weeks it was wow, yes. <laughs> um, and just sit with your shit like i had to face myself and see things everything like my life just did a huge 180 within like a two-year time span and boom then the pandemic so it was like what what is going on where am I at what, what is happening here yeah you couldn't busy yourself with all the things that are now shut no. down yeah there was no way to distract myself there was nothing to do but look at these kids face myself and figure figure shit out yeah and since and you decided to take that on so what has been like surprising about it like something you expected you didn't expect that happened or that comes up or how soft I am how emotional like I pride myself on being this warrior tiger of a woman like I am I know that's my essence I know that's the energy I give off when I step into a room so like to feel myself start to get so soft and become so emotional and just so vulnerable it's 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 hard it's a weird feeling (laughs) yeah so that feminine energy that we all have like your healing journey has helped you like tap into that absolutely absolutely I I feel myself getting more soft (laughs) do you find you mentioned the word vulnerability so do you find it's scary or like oh yeah you like it yes have you ever had a dream where you're like falling and you're trying to grab on something to like yeah, that's yeah. how the healing journey feels. Like, I feel like I'm falling through and I'm just, like, trying to grab something to, to gain myself. And then maybe one minute I do and we're okay. I'm not falling for a second. And boom, something happens now I'm falling again. <laughs> Damn, yes. And you continue to go anyway. So you continue, t- continue to work. So what's keeping you going? Like, what do you envision? Because I, I know what I, I know how I feel at my highest self. I know what I look like. I know that I'm capable of great things. So, like, 
with all the fear of what could go wrong or, or the fear of failing even within the healing process, it's not enough to scare me away from what I want. Like, I want to come out of this and, and feel okay again. Like, I don't want to have this extra burden of weight of unhealed or unprocessed emotions and feelings and things that I've suppressed and pushed down weigh me down anymore. Like, I want, I need that feeling of being free. I need to, to be able to be the light that I am. Wow. Every man, that's, that's so beautiful and heavy at the same time, because I know that every woman that's listening, you know, they want that as well. Um, and they'll all be in their different like journeys. So I think like some, some people don't even know, like they have some healing to do. Like, this is just me. This is where I'm at. This is just what it is. Can you speak to like, how do you know that there's something, at least in your your um, experience, there's something that's going on that I need to 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 tap into and do some work there? Being a bitch is not normal. Like it's not. Ooh. I know. <laughs> yes. I wow. Know. No, for real, for real. Being a bitch is not normal, and for me, it's so not normal. It's uncomfortable. You know, when I get irritable and I'm in a funky mood or in this state where I feel like I'm going to bite every person's head off who talks to me, I'm not okay. Like, mm -mm. being a bitch is not normal. There's something in you that you need to talk about. There's someone you need to address something with. There's something going on that has you on edge to where you're being a bitch to everyone. Like, there, it's, it's just not okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that is so true, though, because even for me, when when I am being rude, mean, I'm short with my husband, my kids, yeah. something is always wrong yeah. with me. Something's triggering you. Something you're you're either tired, there's a lack of something, something a need is not being met within us for us to become those bitches that you know we get labeled as. Wow. But, like that angry black woman that comes up and and just yeah you know, yeah that's all of our unhealed trauma that that mm. ain't that stereotype of the angry black woman that is the unhealed black woman that is mm. the hurt um, you know that's the hurt black woman that's the black woman who has been pushed down and mistreated for so long that she's like fuck everybody yes wow yes oh wow so someone's listening and they're like damn you know, that's me. I didn't even realize or like something I'm sure like you have said so much here that it's just been <laughs> seriously so amazing and so authentically true. Like, I just love it because I'm seeing myself in you. I'm like, yes, I get that. I get that. What about what do you suggest for, you know, anyone listening that that may at this time for one reason or another, they might not be able to get therapy. They might not be able to go do this, go do that. Like some simple things that you feel like may help them in their journey to even just become aware of they're like, you know what, maybe she right. Maybe I do need to like, just to even tap into the awareness of what is going on with me. I'm a nature buff. So I'm going to tell you, you need to get outside. You, you need to just sit and be present with nature, just breathe and listen to birds. I don't know. It's something so soothing about, hearing birds chirp especially in the morning for me like that it instantly calms me down you know um I don't know if anyone knows what grounding is but walking barefoot outside just letting your body get the natural um electrons from the earth and let them pass through your body that helps um taking time you know just to breathe and be present and breathing we think we're breathing because we're alive but a lot of times I realize especially 
through those years of like trauma or the stuff that I was working through, I was not breathing. I was not like inhaling deeply and breathing. I was holding my breath constantly. That's very true. And the more I learn about breath work, it seems so simple. It's just like, like before I'm learning about it, like, like, yeah, (laughs) but it seems like I'm breathing anyway. Why do I need it? What is that? But the more I look into it, like you said, we're not doing it on purpose. No. So that's we're, we're, do, we're doing it just enough to survive. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's a theory that says that our blood is not really pushed through with our heart. Our lungs push our blood through our body. I don't know if you've heard Ooh, that. Or, or, no. But if you think about it, like when we start, what gets the blood flowing? Exercise. What, you know, gets your heart rate and stuff up? And, and that's it's not necessarily your heart pumping the blood throughout your body that makes it flow through your body. So when you start breathing and you're working your lungs and you're using the air in your body to push your blood through your full circulatory system, you're you're doing something great. So like I don't know, try it right now. Just I literally I was breath. getting ready to say <laughs> that when you said that, I took a deep breath and immediately I had this different kind of feeling. And right? it's like, wait, that's why when you're all like worked up, like take a deep breath. Yes. Like just take a deep breath. Like wow. intentionally breathe. Breathe on purpose. Dude, I'm a fucking nurse. I'm like, <laughs> you connected on a dots for me right now. Like, <laughs> where, where do I sign up? Like, where's the right. class? Like, what? Well, there, I just be going to like different little YouTube videos and clips because, of course, you know, with our many, schedules, I'm talking I don't about, necessarily. I'm talking, I'm talking about your class. Your class. Oh, 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 oh it's coming soon. <laughs> it's coming for soon. real. So teams near you. No, for real. Seriously, because like as you were talking, I was like, let me see what she's talking about. And you feel, you just feel the blood moving differently yes. and it makes sense. They yes. tell you, take a deep breath when you're nervous, when you're this, like, but you just yep. connected it for me of like the why, like the way you explained it so beautifully. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting. Like, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Like what? <laughs> what? That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Like I got yeah. my whole little, little sheet of homework to do myself. <laughs> if y'all listening, y'all have been blessed. Like, dude, I have a couple more questions to be conscious of our time. One is, I have this fun question that I want you to answer for me. One, <laughs> well, two of them, two of them. What is the most fun? If you could, if they say, hey, you can get rid of every part of parenting that you don't necessarily care for. We'll take care of it for you. It'll all be perfect. What is something you would keep? What's the most fun or fulfilling or just like, yeah, you're not taking that part away from parenting for me? Whatever they want. Um, There's a lady who's viral now, like a a black lady. I can't think of her name on top of my head right now, but she makes like gourmet meals and has mommy's restaurant. Have you seen that? Uh uh. She brings them. Okay, well, I did that back in the day for Talia and Jay all the time. I would turn my kitchen into a restaurant or I would set it up and act like they waiter and take their waitress and take their order and do all that cute stuff. And like, I don't know. I, even now, like I ask JJ, what's for dinner? Like, what do you want? What's the menu for tonight? And JJ will rattle it off and they'll be like, yeah, this sounds good. This will be one. And then I'll go to the store and get the ingredients and I'll make it for them. And I just, I love cooking for them. Oh my god! They always are so grateful. <laughs> and it's such food is such a connector. Yes, you know? it is. It is. It is. And you just helped me to like, that just helped me to realize how, how important it is. 
Because oftentimes mm-hmm. I look at cooking as a task. Okay, let me hear what what can I ha- what can I make in the shortest amount of time? No, for real, and get up out of here. <laughs> yeah, but the mommy's restaurant, I love that. Listen, yeah. I'm gonna try it, and I'm gonna let you know how it went <laughs> because I think they would love that. Even a 17 year old, right? Because they like to be cooked yes, for. They do. They do. It does make them feel good when I'm like when because they have a few favorite meals, and I'm like, okay, I make that. Like you're right, they do really yeah. enjoy that. And my mom, wow, this is making me realize like. My mom pretty much cooks for us every week. Like we go yeah. over there and we and we we bring it Tupperware, okay? We take it stuff home, <laughs> you know. And like, so yes, I didn't really realize how how amazing that was. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, That's awesome. Absolutely. I'm gonna try to find her. I'll put that. I'll I'll find who she's talking about, and I'm gonna link that in the bio of this stuff. You cannot spend it on your kids, and you cannot spend it on charity work. What are you doing? Um, buying a farm. tell us more (laughs) buying a farm you didn't even Um, hesitate you didn't even you didn't even hesitate so I know this is something that you've been thinking about (laughs) yes I would buy a farm and it would be the greatest place to visit and come to and I have a vision (laughs) yeah so part of the healing and I'm, I'm assuming like the Hershey me and all of that coming together wow and oh, you would live there and I would live there and you know people can come visit and there would be field trips had and there'd probably be a little preschool on the farm and yeah it would just be a beautiful place to come to oh my gosh well <laughs> I'm excited to see it I can see I can just tell you really want to do that so I'm excited to see that vision come true yes, thank yeah you. Thank you. Is there anything that you are doing right now, a book you're reading, something that you feel that may be beneficial to any mom listening to on any part of their journey that they should check out? Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, yes, you need to listen to Moms Who Achieve podcast, first of all, <laughs> if you're not already. <laughs> Thank you. You need to go and follow. Um, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who you also talked about um, on a couple of episodes, he is amazing. Um, I am reading currently Becoming Spiritual. I got this book last summer, right before my brother passed, and mm-hmm. I put it down. Um, it is kind of a hard read. You need to be alone and have some quiet time to really focus in on what the the knowledge or the concept of the information is. But life-changing, life-changing. Um, it will help redefine the way you look and view at a lot of different things and change your mindset things that you don't realize again just as simple as breathing you know um will be brought to your attention Mm, I love that and I I have not read that I've written that down and I love him I'm my book currently is his um I think it's breaking the habit of being yourself or something like that okay um so probably along the same lines but I'm going to read his I love him have you ever looked into his um retreats he has no I have not yeah so he has like these retreats where some of them are a few days some of them are like a week at a time where they like go into deep meditation and you know his work so the whole premise is like changing who you are like people have talked about like leaving an entire different person so he just had one in February in Paris that I was wanted to go to but wasn't able to but he's definitely on my list of retreats to go to so in case you didn't know I wanted to share that yes Definitely. Where can we, we go together? Yes, I would love that. I would love that. Um, where can we find you? Anyone who's listening to you and they just would love to connect, if for nothing else, like you know, just to connect as moms. I know Hershey Me is getting ready to be on and popping. So how can they find <laughs> you? 
Um, I'm on social media. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Talisa Cuffy. On Instagram, the name is Lisa Lou to you. It won't be that much longer. I don't know what it's going to be. So <laughs> y'all better follow today before she changed the name. <laughs> I'm gonna put all right? these links too. I'll put all these links in um, the show notes so everyone will be able okay. to um, find you, follow you. Yeah, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you taking up the time to come and share your experience, be authentic, be open. I know that's not really easy because you're you're still on this healing journey. You're like talking about it in real time. I appreciate that. And just having some fun. Overall, this is like really fun. And this is my mm-hmm. first interview. So what the fuck? Like, yes. <laughs> and we yes. bombed it. <laughs> yes oh, you did you made this shit fun I appreciate it You're like so much yeah, thank you for having me this I is a whole it. this is a whole healing conversation for me right? <laughs> <laughs> all right girl so I'll let you go I appreciate you so much I will talk to you soon that wraps up this week I hope you found value please share with a mom friend subscribe and leave a review this helps this podcast to get into the minds of those who need it most i would love to hear what you think about the episode find me on instagram and facebook at moms who achieve looking forward to chatting with you next week take care